Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello to all my people, and if you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but if not, we'll sprinkle in some of the best talking heads the IWC has to offer. Remember, here at Botch Bots and Chair Shots, we call it in the ring from all the angles. I'm your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice, and tonight, joining me tonight is a former dirt sheet writer and host of Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Mr. Lee Walker. Lee, glad we're finally able to make this happen, man. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and uh, if I do say so myself. That's it. Rick Flair. He's on the list. We will get to that. Also tonight, coming in on his monthly installment to assert his dominance on my show, he is the lead host of the Smack Draw Network. But seriously, guys, I got to meet him in person. He's a pretty okay guy. Mr. Kyle Tyson. Kai Ty, how are you? Oh, man. I'm about half a gallon down. I really got to pee. We'll see how long this goes for. If you need to take Doing a bath. Doing good, man. Thank If you got to <laughs> take a bathroom break, we, we can we can pause it for you. <laughs> no, that's a joke. It's, I was... No, I'm I'm good. Uh, you know what, Will? You're all right. You're taller in person than I thought. I thought I was gonna tower all over you, botch spots people, and uh, not you, my friend. I'm a medium-sized guy. I feel medium-sized. <laughs> also, thanks joining... for having me on, dude. I can't wait. Always. Joining me tonight for the first time with audio, but the second time in reality. Coming back from the long lost Bruiser Brody episode that never made it off the cutting room floor. He is the host of Wrestling With The Truth podcast. He is BC Hunter. BC, thanks for coming back on, man. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well. And I mean, that was the greatest episode in podcast history. It's just unfortunate it never made the, the light of day, but... I'm excited. I think I figured out the key here. It has to be all beards when I'm on here. This is the second time I've been on a show with four beards, so that's the key. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I always start every episode the same way. Kaita, you've done this before, um, but I'm going to let some of the other guys come in tonight and knock it out of the park. Lee, I'm going to start with you. What particularly has you pissed off for greatness in professional wrestling this evening? Wait, can you repeat that? What has you pissed off for greatness this evening in professional wrestling? What has me pissed off for greatness? Pissed off uh, for greatness. The fact that Seth Rollins isn't the WWE champion right now. I guess. Yeah? BC Hunter, what about you? uh hypocrisy in the iwc i just i just watched highlights or i actually watched dynamite um this this morning and i thought thought i was watching an episode of raw from 98 for a second there with the uh with some of the stuff we had hardy and christian and we had um a dumpster match and yet there's nothing about uh this being sports entertainment or this being crap or anything like that so yeah that's what's got me pissed off for greatness mr tyson Dude, I find it so hard to complain about things. 
Um, that NXT isn't black and gold yet that we have to wait. Fair enough. Rounding out the, the uh, quintuple, the quartet, is uh, I'm going to say how little respect people gave to StarCast and what it ended up being. Like, I think a lot of people were like, oh, there's no way that's going to turn out to be a lot. And it turned out to be a blast. We were talking about it beforehand. Uh, like, the whole show from top to bottom was awesome. The environment was awesome. I think everything about the weekend was exceptionally well done. Uh, so hats off to Conrad for that. Um, what did you guys think of SummerSlam or Ric Flair's last match? Did you guys have a chance to watch? Yeah. Yeah? SummerSlam? Yeah, I'll give it an A for a show. That was a fantastic show. As usual, they, they seem to be knocking out of the park with their uh, PLEs, and that main event was insane. Loved it. Uh, the Ric Flair situation, you know what? That whole weekend was done extremely well. The uh, The pay-per-view was really good. The undercard was really solid. I just felt uncomfortable watching Flair in that match. But other than that... One thing I will say, they made Andrade look better than anything that he's done in AEW. He looked fantastic in that match. So, yeah, overall, great weekend of wrestling. Absolutely. Gentlemen, we're going to roll into some news and rumors real quick. Uh, this past week, Ric Flair released his Mount Rushmore shortly before his retirement match. He said the top four professional wrestlers to ever do it were Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, and Shawn Michaels. What are your initial responses when you hear this list of names? That's a really safe answer. Yeah. I think I think that's like the world's safest Mount Rushmore um, for anybody that's born between like, you know, from the 70s to the 90s. I think, uh, yeah, it's like the world's safest Mount Rushmore. The least controversial answer you can probably come up with. For maybe the most controversial person in professional wrestling. There you go. I can't believe he put, didn't put himself on it. <laughs> that surprised me too, honestly, that he didn't put himself in well, in his own Flair's, top four. Flair's got a history of 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 um praising Shawn Michaels. Like that's I, I will say that. Like anytime I see Flair doing interviews, I, I the first thing that comes to mind is the I believe it was the Broken Skull Sessions. Although maybe no 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 that's the one where Sean was on it, but they they have a they have just a, a history of they those guys just write each other love letters all the time man, um, Flair and Michaels do. I think that like you said, completely safe list. I think those four guys could be interchangeable on anybody's. Um, I think he was kind of playing it safe and phoning it in. Uh, I don't think there's really anything to argue about that list, but coming from somebody like Flair, it doesn't surprise me, or it surprises me rather that he didn't put, you know, a, a Dory Funk or a, uh, you know, a Ricky the Dragon or a Harley Race or somebody, you know, that really pushed him to the limit professionally. Because when I think Flair in the ring as you know, it's hard to debate and say that he wasn't one of the most important people in the business. But when you look at those four guys, none of those four guys really stand out as great flair rivalries outside of the, the Michaels flair retirement. I love you. I'm sorry, Madge. Lee, you perked up a little bit. What's on your mind? I, uh, just a little shocked because it was such an easy answer. But where's Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins still, as of right now, we have been live for six minutes and 
55 seconds, Seth Rollins still does not have the WWE title. We'll keep a tally and see. Maybe by the end of the episode, we can pull it off. <laughs> we can will it into an existence. <laughs> uh, next one on the list is Sasha and Naomi. They're being reported back by WrestlingNews.co with Bailey and her buddies, plus these two. Is this breathing life into a women's division that has been kind of floundering? Oh, my God. Finally. Yes. Like, think about it. Did you hear how the crowd popped at SummerSlam for for Bailey? It was huge. Absolutely huge. So, you know, every report that we've gotten from dirt sheets on this entire situation seems to be a different story and situation every time. This is the light at the end of the tunnel that I personally wanted. I want Sasha back. I want Naomi back. The women's division, in my opinion, was struggling since the fact that when they gave back the titles, threw them on Johnny Ace's lap there, and he became the the women's tag team champions. Although now he's probably been stripped after everything that's happened to him as well. Uh, However, the women's division, the whole women's evolution that we had, it's been non-existent. They don't get, they're getting the same amount of TV time that they would have back in like 2012, 2013. We're just not getting the brawn panty matches anymore. Right. So I wanted this. It's great that they're going to be coming back. Whether or not we have a women's tag team division or not, I don't see that being the case because the main fact is there's literally no tag teams in the women's division at all uh, for them to work with, which is something that if WWE wanted to build on, Hopefully, Hunter will do that. So, I want them back. I think it's a great move. Hunter's obviously stepping it up, which we've seen changes that I'm sure we're going to talk about with AEW. Dude, it's... It's... it's It not only is it breathing new life for the women's division, it's segueing also doubling over for NXT. Like now we have stuff for NXT people to do. Like you got to think about it. Like, cause it, to, doubly nervous about being called up is, is not only are you like an NXT roster member, but like you're also a female and you're like, damn, they're going to have dog shit for me. Um, uh, now, of course, there's a couple of exceptions. I mean, you can look at Bianca Belair, but Jesus, even then it took Bianca well over a year on main roster before she got any traction. Um, so yeah, it, it not only does it breathe new life into the women's division, but it also now um, will allow for optimism for NXT call-ups again. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's great all around for um, uh, for the future. Looking looking for, towards building the stars of tomorrow. BC Hunter, any opinions? Yeah, no, I I made the same comment that immediately they had a shot in the arm for the women's division with that, those three just showing up at SummerSlam. And uh, it sounds like there's going to be more to come with uh, Sasha and Naomi. So yeah, it should be good. And I agree with, with Kyle. I mean, I think everybody's probably feeling a little bit better about the idea of a call up now, not just the women, but they feel like there's going to be something for them. Reports are also coming out from SummerSlam that Liv and Ronda was cut short due to Miz and Logan running long. Do you think you would have wanted less Logan Paul and more Liv Ronda after you've seen both matches the way they were on Saturday? No. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, that this was isn't quick. a shot. It's not a shot at Liv and Ronda either. Like, that's not a shot at them. 
I think I think they told the story that needed to be told. It, it wasn't the most the best executed thing there, but realistically, I mean, Liv shouldn't be able to go 15 minutes with Ronda Rousey in the ring. She needs to find a win in a hurry. Um, you know, granted, like I said, the execution was was still kind of weird in the end, but I, I felt like it should have played out like a squash match that Liv somehow squeaked by doing something more creative than just like a sneaky roll up. So I think that they told the most obvious story there was to tell in that match and, and Logan Paul and Ms. Gilded, man, let's face it. Besides you've got to remember if you cut time from the Miz, you're cutting time from Maurice. Okay. And that is never all right. Maurice needs to be on the television as long as possible. That's why we hang out after raw because you got Miz and Mrs. Okay. So no, it was it was good. It's been a long time since I've had to keep a counter, but it, we have only been on the air for twelve minutes until somebody made a hot blonde reference. It's usually Bobby Kai Tai. This is your first one, <laughs> dude. To 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 belittle my comment of Maurice to just a hot blonde. Maurice is more than a hot blonde, my friend. Maurice is like the apex. Okay, that's why it's why it's one of the reasons why misses the goat. The Maurice is just the Miz's wife. Uh, Matt from Smackin' It Raw says, less Logan, more Liv, less Ronda, more Miz. That's that's one way to look at that. You can't expect me to believe that a former women's UFC champion is going to lose to the most monotonistic woman's voice I've ever heard in my life. That does not excite me in any sort of promo. And instead, she's even monotonistic when she's whining and crying about not getting her way, for Christ's sakes. I can't. No. I am over the whining and the crying side of the Liv Morgan character. It's hard for me to take her seriously as a, not just as a champion, but as a commanding figure in pro wrestling. If you're going on screen and crying every time you're on screen, there's a difference between being emotional and drawing from that versus just using it as a gimmick to the point they're putting fake tears in your makeup. Like that's where I feel like we're really pushing it too far with that. I'm a live in my opinion, I've said it a million times was the reason why the women's division needed a mid card title, because I don't think she was ready to wear the strap long term yet. And I hate to see her first title reign just be a transitional reign. Well, I mean, neither was Nikki ASH either when she won, won her raw championship, but when it comes to Liv, she's no, she's absolutely not ready. I don't think she's good on the mic whatsoever. Her her in ring skill skills are yeah, you know, compared to other women who are doing all sorts of backflips and jumping over the top rope. Liv Morgan so short she can't even jump through the middle. Uh, <laughs> nothing about her excites me. So, the fact that you want me to believe that she defeated a former ufc women's champion is beyond belief uh, we know logan paul can wrestle in my opinion i'm going to call it right now logan paul could be a future wwe champion if they pushed it hard enough um i don't know how i feel about that statement but i can't say i disagree because i see them doing that i could see them putting the belt on a celebrity champion uh, hopefully with Hunter back in creative control, that might not be the direction they go as a company. 
but you never really know with what's going on in Connecticut. But uh, speaking of creative jobs, Madison Rain joins as the newest member of the AEW coaching staff, and they also got some new creative help in production roles coming for QT and Sanjay. What do you guys think about them promoting QT and Sanjay into creative and more active production roles in their day-to-day TV stuff, and then Madison Rain joining as a women's coach in their women's division? It's good, man. Build that team build that team that's that's one of the 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 legitimate criticisms about aw is tony khan trying to do too much and not put you know more qualified people around him great man you got you got um i don't know much about madison rain but i have seen like the reception to her um is seems positive so i'm gonna go that's a good thing and then just hearing there are people being appointed to creative is is good news to my ears because yeah as much as i love AEW, i really am like pining for stories more than just uh i want this belt so i'm gonna fight you to get this belt you know because that is kind of right now the story depth all of our biggest storytellers um like cm punk and and uh, uh uh mjf uh brian danielson they're all injured so they're kind of saddled right now with uh little little uh creativity the creativity is a little bit shallow right now i mean look at that group's track record of success you know 83 weeks they beat vince and all that stuff right i mean sanjay and uh qt i mean that i mean to the moon for aew for sure that's that's gonna be the deciding factor in the war i think I think it was something they needed once triple h got back in his position and gained the new position uh, as far as Madison Rain, I, out of all the names, that's the only one I was not keen on. I think there's way more qualified women that they could have gotten their hands on for that position, but she's got 15 years in the business. So former knockouts champion, uh, she had success when she was, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere she's gone, but she's never been that polarizing, like head of the females division. I feel like, but she does have a history as being a good coach and match producer. So I feel like that's something that that women's division is hugely lacking is somebody that can help. Um, that way uh, somebody can help them pr- like push the, the female division a little bit further forward. Cause I feel like there's a lot of times when AEW's women's division has lost a lot of traction and it almost seems like a one trick pony week after week with the same stuff. Cause you only, I feel like on dynamite, you only see the same three or four women and then on rampage and dark, like you see them, but it's all mid card people that aren't active in titles. So I feel like having a little bit more experience is there, but I do agree Lee that there are more experienced people in the business that could have taken that position. Like a Mickey James, even if she is under contract with impact, there are ways to go about that but uh you know people that have good experience already is uh they're on the market and they could have gotten one of these more experienced people uh what are your guys opinions about the trios title this is something that just popped into my mind while we were talking about aw do you think they needed the trios title or do you think it's just another one they're throwing in the mix i think that's but that's it's the that is kind of like the title though, like since AEW's inception, like that people have asked for though. Like we've gotten a ton of different titles in the meantime that we didn't ask for, but I will say like the trios title, a lot of people have been asking for this um, ever since like AEW became so bloated with uh, um, with factions. They felt like it was necessary. 
Um, so I think I think it's a good thing. I think there's also a really pessimistic way you could look at it, and it's just like, oh, it's something else for the Bucks to do. You know what I mean? Like it's all the Bucks. Um, but uh, I feel like you can't really complain about this one because this is something that people have been asking for for the better part of three years now. Generally, yeah, people people loved them in ROH. You know, they were loved in WCW. You know, the early '90s. 90, 91, I believe it was defunct by 92, but they were a popular championship. And let's face it, you know, if they were popular back then with the wrestling we have today, there's so much more that we can see in trios matches that we haven't seen yet. I'm all for it. I'm just worried about the All-Atlantic title becoming the uh, Western States uh, championship and going the way of the dinosaur. So, I don't know. It is weird. It, it feels like it's just like something for Pac to to tour the UK with right now, doesn't it? Because it <laughs> seems like he's done three defenses on Dark, but all the defenses, I believe, have taken place in the UK under different promotions. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't quite know what's going on with that either. That was kind of the point of the belt, though, was to kind of branch out and have it be spread its wings a little bit and be, you know, defended across multiple promotions and kind of be a uh, that stepping stone for other people on other places in England, in Spain, you know, that that might not have an opportunity to see AEW a lot, but to kind of get exposed to it and putting it on a touring champion like Pac. Uh, Lee, when I was on your show, uh, I said this why I predicted Jay Lethal to go over Samoa Joe was because I said that they would they were going to put the belt on a touring champ, and uh, that wasn't the case. You know, like, you, you nailed that one on the head by picking Joe, but that's kind of what I thought they were going to be doing with Lethal in that position with the, the ROH TV title is exactly what they're doing with Pac right now is just kind of having him go on a tour de force with that belt. Well, it's also what the WWF did with the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it was part of... I believe before it came back to the WWF, it was part of Takamishinoku's uh, company over in Japan. The problem was Ultimo Dragon had it and was in WCW and was bo boasting it around because he had won all the nine championships over in you know in the 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 tournament in Japan. Uh, so like, I like belts like that, and I know it feels weird. You know, because it's an AEW championship, but it's, it's not been defended at AEW. And that's exactly how the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship was at first before they brought it back in 97 and had that whole light heavyweight tournament because WCW had the cruiserweights and they literally had to get the belt back from WCW. <laughs> they did the, the tournament, which ended up awarding the belt to Aguayo but he didn't end up carrying it. Michinoku ended up with it, and then Michinoku left the company and took the belt, right, Lee? Isn't that how I ended up? Because it was part of the J-Crown, so when Ultimo Dragon won the nine cruiserweight titles at the end of the tournament, he did have a WWF title in Japan while under contract with WCW, which sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but... Like there was that whole confusing thing when it first came out because it didn't initially go to Taka. They had it on somebody else and then it wasn't a defined reign and it went to, it was a weird yeah. process. The whole like 16 months of that title was just a hot mess. So I'm just going to do a quick plug real quick. 
Uh, if you actually want to hear the interview with Ultimo Dragon, where we talk about him winning the championship and everything, go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. But the thing with that was when Ultimo won it, uh, he's the first person to bring a WWF title to WCW because when he had all nine, he brought them to WCW Nitro. And if you go back and listen to commentary, they listed off only eight out of the nine championships. They wouldn't say WWF light heavyweight championship, but WWF got wind that their title was on a WCW show. And we're like, Hey, no, 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 (laughs) not anymore. So it's got an interesting history. Uh, it's just, it was one of those titles. It's just like the this Mid-Atlantic Championship belt that they did. Uh, so like I said, it's weird. But you'll you'll get used to it once it's back and this and that. And it will never feel like a mid-card belt. It'll never feel like a heavyweight championship belt. It's just there. All right, gentlemen, we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of the conversation. Tonight is the State of the Wrestling Union debate. The way this works is we're going to divide it up into four rounds. At the end of each round, the chat gets to award a point, and I get to award a point. And then at the end of the four, or at the end of the third round, rather, the person with the lowest score sticks around for round four while the two highest scores duke it out. Okay, I'll, I'll explain it as it goes. Ultimately, all you guys got to do is argue about wrestling for 60 seconds and 45 seconds at a time. You guys good to go? Yeah, let's do it, man. Excellent. I'm going to start it off uh, by random draw. And by that, I mean how you popped up on my screen on Zoom because there was a one, a two, and a three placed adjacent on the screen. And as you guys popped up and I put you into place, it picked an order for me. So that's going to be how I start things, but it changes each round. So starting in round one, round one will be two parts. Gentlemen, each person gets one 45 second rebuttal in this round. Part one is you get 60 seconds to explain why your favorite superstar deserves a spot in the hall of fame. This is assuming whether they are or aren't, you get 60 seconds to explain why they should be. Uh, so, Mr. Walker, you let off. You get 60 seconds, sir. Please explain why your favorite superstar deserves in me a Hall of Fame. Well, my favorite superstar is Owen Hart. Why does Owen Hart deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? He never really shadowed his brother. He was better than his brother. He beat him at WrestleMania 10. Look at everything he had actually accomplished in the WWF. All the championships he's won. You can name multiple great matches that man has had. Multiple great promos. There's nothing else to say. You have 30 seconds left. Uh, When you look at his career, then I'm going to ask you a question about it. When you look at his career uh, as a champion, do you think the fact that he didn't have a long-reigning heavyweight title reign affected his career at all? Didn't affect his career at all. We all know that you don't need to win the main championship to be deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, He was also a co-leader of the Nation of Domination at one point. The man had a great tag team with Jeff Jarrett, Yoko Zuna, Davey Boy Smith, even his brother, Bret Hart, he teamed with Stampede Wrestling. Those guys all teamed together. Survivor Series, they had a team with Bruce, Bret, Owen, and one of the other brothers, whatever his name is, doesn't matter. Fact of the matter is, Owen Hart deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Good call, Owen Hart. 
Mr. BC Hunter, you are up. You have 60 seconds. Please tell us why your favorite superstar deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. My favorite superstar of all time? Correct. Oh, well, it's ironically Hart. It's Bret Hart. And, I mean, of course he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. The guy is the excellence of execution. He uh, he basically took the WWF on his back during that horrible a New Generation era and kind of helped guide it through until we got to the Attitude Era. And then he changed his character in the Attitude Era, became uh, the Hart Foundation, became a heel, became the best technical wrestler that you have. He he brought Stone Cold to uh, to the top of the mountain. I mean, he his epic feuds with Shawn Michaels. I, I could go on and on. Tag team specialists, whatever. He's how many wrestlers today talk about Bret Hart being the influence on them for their career? So yeah, I mean, it's it's a no brainer for me for Bret Hart. Excellent, Mister Kyle Tyson. It's up to you. Your favorite superstar and why they deserve to be in the hall. Well, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure is The Miz. Uh, these accolades, before we even get to his historic in-ring accolades, let's take a look at the stuff he was doing out of the ring. Did the real world. He did Tough Enough. He was the winner um, of Real World Challenge 2002 Battle of the Seasons and the 2005 uh, The Inferno 2. He's he's married to Maurice. He remember. The reason why we had Daniel Bryan is because he was the rookie under uh, The Miz on NXT. He's been the star of six Marine movies. Uh, he won the 05 Battle of the Network Reality Stars. And he's even in a winner on the 06 season of Fear Factor. And let's not forget Miz and Miss is following Raw. Now, when we go in the ring, he is uh, got damn near what? 10, almost 10 tag team championship reigns. Uh, two-time WWE champion, two-time Mr. Money in the Bank, uh, eight-time Intercontinental champion, uh, only one reign away from tying the all-time. And then not to mention, he's only about 25 days away from all-time combined days with the IC title. Uh, he won the historic Mix Max Challenge of season one with Oscar, which was fantastic. Mr. Mr. Tyson, Mr. Tyson, I have to cut you off. Your timer is out. <laughs> Oh, hold on one second now. Also, he's awesome. Okay. That is the word on the street is he is in fact awesome. I'm still waiting for the verdict to come back on that. Uh, I do love to hate the Miz. So as a heel, he's doing his job. I mean, that's for sure. Um, all right, gentlemen, that closes out the first part of round one. The second part of round one is I'm going to give each one of you a topic. You will get 60 seconds to argue how you see fit against the topic given. This is the point where each one of you is able to use your rebuttal if you see uh, if you see necessary. All right, BC, you're starting off. Your topic. A yeah, I what's a up, question. Mr. Mr. Tyson? What's, what's a rebuttal? A rebuttal is like at the end, <laughs> if BC says something, and then at the end of his 60 seconds, you're like, whoa, I disagree. I want to use my rebuttal. Then you get 45 seconds to go at BC and be like, this is why you were wrong. Okay. You see Thank what you. I mean? That's what a rebuttal is, Kyle. Did you not do debate club in high school? No. Man. Okay. Well, I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> BC Hunter, your topic is, sir, if the WWE folded today, what it would do for or against the evolution of pro wrestling moving forward? Well, I mean, if 
WWE folded today, I mean, I cannot see that ever happening. But if it did, uh, I don't think it, it helps the evolution of pro wrestling. If we're considering pro wrestling as in non-sports entertainment, I don't think it helps because um, as much as people hate on the WWE, it brings eyeballs to all wrestling products. It brings money to all wrestling products. It brings fans through the turnstiles for all wrestling products. You're not gonna. I'm sorry. AEW is not gonna vault itself up to uh, up to the level of WWE unless all of a sudden pro wrestling starts moving towards that sports entertainment, that Hollywood style of thing. So I don't think you're necessarily gonna see um, uh, a good thing if if WWE folded. It's just gonna be lots of uh, what we're seeing today as far as this kind of indie riffic stuff, and then somebody's gonna try to repeat what WWE does with sports entertainment. So. It's just what it is. It's WWE is wrestling. Excellent. Do either of you want to throw in a rebuttal? No? No rebuttal to that? Kyle, looks like you're thinking. No. Okay. Chat, keep in mind, you do get a word of point after everybody finishes round one. Mr. Kyle Tyson, you are up. Your topic, is pro wrestling a sport? And if it's not a sport, does that mean wrestlers aren't athletes? Well, I got to ask you, was Peter LaFleur legitimately about to lose his gym when him and his group of misfits couldn't, if his misfits and him couldn't rally and win their dodgeball tournament? Or was that Vince Vaughn and fellow actors portraying uh, the 2004 movie Dodgeball, a true underdog story? Is being a movie stuntman a professional sport, seeing as it carries a bunch of physical requirements and carries legitimate risk and danger? Pro wrestling is not a sport. It's a television program portraying a sport. It has more in common with movies than legitimate competition. That does not mean, however, that its performers can't still be athletes. Uh, one thing that helps with being a pro wrestler is being athletically gifted. One definition does not define the other. To claim that since they aren't in legitimate competition makes them not athletes is the same as saying football and basketball players are no longer athletes during the off season. So it's, it's not a sport at the end of the day. And to borrow a quote from Max Landis, wrestling is melodrama. Wrestling is mythology. Wrestling is action. Wrestling is comic books. The only thing wrestling isn't is wrestling. Well said, Mr. Tyson. Well said. BC? Lee? Nothing? Well. Lee Walker, this comes to you, sir. Your topic closing out round one is pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. Are they the same thing and should they be? They're not the same thing and there's a reason for that. In the early 1980s, Vince McMahon coined the term sports entertainment. Around the same time, a New York state politician was trying to get the World Wrestling Federation, not just the World Wrestling Federation, but professional wrestling banned in the state of New York. So what did Vince McMahon do? It became sports entertainment. You're getting more value from the show of not what's inside the ring, but also what is going outside of the ring as well. Professional wrestling is more about the theatrics with inside the ring. The things that we see Ric Flair do, the Arn Andersons, the Andre the Giants, your early Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage. Those were professional wrestlers. 
It was all about the athleticism in the ring. You get beyond that, as Vince McMahon in the 1980s coined it as sports entertainment, that's when you saw wrestling styles change within Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage. You saw more theatrics out of them, also outside of the ring, attacks outside of the ring, adding in valets and managers and these these sort of things, which we'd had for a long time within pro wrestling. But now you see them getting involved in the matches and this and that. There is 100% difference between the two. Even better, when Ted Turner called Vince McMahon, he said, and I quote, I'm getting in the pro wrestling business. Vince McMahon said, and I quote, that's great. I'm in the sports entertainment business. Gentlemen? Two totally different things. On a personal level, Mr. Walker, I would like to say I completely agree with everything you just said, but that is neither here nor there. <laughs> Thank you. All right, gentlemen, if there's nobody wanting to use a rebuttal right now, it's time for me to turn it over to the chat. Chat, this is your point. You guys get to decide right now. I'm going to give you guys about 15 seconds to, to throw in your votes as to who you think gets the point for round one. Kyle's throwing in his two cents for him. I think I deserve points for including the 2004 movie Dodgeball, a true underdog story. It's a classic. Allison says that WWE and AEW are sports entertainment and other promotions and indie promotions are less sports entertainment, more pro wrestling. So the further you get from the big, like the big stage is the more pro wrestling it becomes, I think is what she's trying to say. 100% right, because you know why? A lot of us, you know, those local homegrown talents, those indie shows, they don't need promos. They go out there and do what they do, and it's great. All right, in the chat, we've got two for we've got two for Kai Kai and one for Lee. So the round one point is going to go to Mr. Tyson. Well played, Sweet. sir. There you oh, go. we got another one for me in there. It's a tie. Oh, it uh, did. It's too late. It's too late. You announced it, man. The ref's decision's final. You can't go back. <laughs> it's my show. No. Okay. Bobby chimed in at the very last second for Lee. Uh, you know what? I make the rules. I'm going to give Lee a point, too. Both of you get a point. Because fuck it. What are you winning at the end of it anyways, right? <laughs> the title of master debater that's what's up for grabs here gentlemen <laughs> starting in round two three for lee Ooh, got to catch them all slid in so uh, i am going to end it right now um i'm going to uh call it right now and just say i'm going to give one to kyle and one to lee for the participation of the chat as we head into round two gentlemen round two you each get one 45 second chat about how you think a wrestler should be pushed. So you're going to get 45 seconds, and what you're going to do is outline you think their quickest route from where they're at in their career to gold. Each one of you got a random person. Mr. Kyle Tyson, you're leading off round two. Hold on. Any championship, right? Any championship. I said in your when I sent the notes out for you guys, I did specifically say no 24-7 title. That way you can't just be like, you know, he pins Reggie on Thursday. Boom, he's a champion. Like, 
I'm just checking. Yes, I did make it a point to say no 24-7 titles. Uh, Mr. Kyle Tyson, you are up. In an oversaturated division without much TV time, how do you get Nyla Rose back to the top of the AEW women's division? You would give me Nyla Rose, you asshole. Um, Nyla Rose, former champion. She, uh, you know, she is the big heel again. Um the way I would do it is this, is you take, you take Nyla Rose's path to Thunder Rosa um, and put that concurrently aside Jade Cargill. Cause there's not many big women uh, that Jade, Jade Cargill can go head to head. So Thunder Rosa works her way through all the baby faces as, as Thunder Rosa is working all the heels. And then somehow Thunder Rosa, it gets an impromptu low handed victory on, 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 uh, on Thunder Rosa. Um, However, what that'll do is that will set up the uh, the TNT, uh, excuse me, yeah, the TBS title and the AEW women's title to clash head to head. And then you give Jade Cargill a big monster to crush. So it's not so much about Thunder Rose, getting Thunder Rosa to the title for her to be crowned champion, but to crown the largest competition you can get for uh, Jade. That's that's how I would do it is just setting her up to face Jade Cargill. That's actually not a bad idea. Like, that's actually a pretty good call. I didn't even think about taking her and making it kind of that big play out with Jade. So I, I did give you Nyla Rose on purpose, Kyle, I have to admit. Because I know you're an AEW person, and I was like, who would be the hardest person to get to a title picture right now? And I was like, who haven't I seen in months? Nyla Rose. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you did well, my friend, and you're holding strong. So... Lee, you're up next. Without a match at SummerSlam, KO is in limbo right now, but bringing in big bucks, working from home. How do you book Owens to gold from where he sits right now? Listen, since we just saw him end with this whole Ezekiel conspiracy theory thing, you book him in a tag team with Sami Zayn. You give them some sort of conspiracy theorist tag team name uh, since Sami Zayn was doing the conspiracy theory thing as well. We know they work well together. We've seen them team together. We've seen them be enemies, but we see this all the time within superstars in their own right. We know that the Usos have the championships for those gold right now. There's a very big lack of tag team in WWE, so that's why I'm sticking Kevin with Sammy. Throughout the course of their feud, you have them debunk conspiracies within the bloodline. You know, we know they want to add people to the bloodline we're seeing guys and that is one of the relatives in nxt with the thoughts of naomi coming back she could get paired with them let's be honest if, if stuff like that ha happens let these conspiracy theory things kind of work out throughout the storyline you can make it a very serious thing without making it a comedic role we've seen them do the comedy thing pretty well with it but let's see them be serious with the conspiracy theories debunk the conspiracy theories and win the wwe unified tag team championships wow and you came in right at your timer so that was like that's good soup lee i do like the taking owens to the title i think him having another shot at roman would be a lot of fun to see i think that would be he won call. that match he deserves a rematch he won he beat roman are you talking about royal rumble a few years ago at the last man standing match yeah he beat him yeah well, i absolutely completely agree i think that he was it 
Um, I'm also going to remind the chat for you guys that are out there. One, you guys have another point to award at the end of this round, but also uh, round three is going to be a townhome style. So go ahead and start rattling in your questions for the guys. I need at least three questions, three or four into the chat. So let's get those rolling. BC Hunter, you, my friend, in round two, you get 45 seconds. Yours is Shinsuke Nakamura. He's a staple on several continents, but he's grown kind of stagnant in Connecticut. How do you revamp his career and get him back to a title? Uh, in WWE, I switch him, switch brands for him. I put him over on the Raw brand. Uh, I have a matchup with a Lee's favorite guy, Seth Rollins. Um, just make it pure badass wrestling matches. Just that's what Seth can do. Just like he did with Cody, he can make you look like a million bucks. They just got to get that stink off him from SmackDown, from the Boogs thing, from all that. And I'm a Boogs fan, so don't get me wrong, but they got to get the stink off him. Just go back to being Shinsuke, that we know is one of the best in the business. Then after the Seth thing, you start getting them geared towards the U.S. title and Bobby Lashley. And I, I honestly, I'd like to see a heel turn for Nakamura, a serious heel, a deadly heel, a badass heel that's going to just rip through people. I want to see him take the title off of Bobby Lashley. And then from there, you're moving towards the unified title at that point. I like that. I, I can't argue with that. I think putting, I think him holding that title would make sense. He did a great job. I think in his previous title reigns, he was the IC champion, not his last reign, but his reign before that. He had a really long, successful IC title reign with a lot of defenses. So I think, uh, I think all of you made good arguments. Uh, throwing it out to the chat now. Here's your time, ladies and gentlemen. You've got, I'll give you another 10, 15 seconds to uh, to get ready. Let's throw some chat votes in there and see who's coming. And then you've got your town hall questions in round three. So let's get those in. Um, I think that the, it surprised me that two of you went uh, mid-card. Like I honestly thought everybody would have tried to go heavyweight there. Um. So going for a mid-card title, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, BC got a vote. Kyle's got a vote. Kyle's got another vote. Wow. I love you guys. Keep in mind, too, my reason for the U.S. title is Shinsuke is the foreign guy, so he can hold that title with disdain, right? Absolutely. Could uh, think about the... uh, what was it kevin owens whole gimmick uh, the face of america yeah. stuff you know yeah, like yeah yeah that joke was right he wouldn't even walk on his own face too oh such good character work i gotta <laughs> i love that version of ko uh right now bc kyle bc kyle so i'm going to uh throw my vote in to break the tie Ooh, matt throws it in at the very last second bc scores the point for round two so gentlemen that throws us in a three-way tie right now going into round three that's interesting. I didn't expect to see that coming. Um, so right now we're going to start in the the town hall section of it. My first question just rolled in. Um, right now it stands that Mr. Matt Ritter from Smackin' It Raw would like to know, Lee Walker, is there anyone on the current roster in either WWE or AEW that has a potential to reach the iconic status of The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin? You have 60 seconds, Mr. Walker. Is there anybody going to be as big as The Rock or Austin?
there's only one potential name. And the last person he lost to is 2019, and it was Baron Corbin that he lost to. He is your current unified WWE heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns. He is the only one that I can actually see kind of reaching that level, but it's kind of hard to reach that level when no one else is also on that game. Like the rock had Austin, Brett had Austin, Hogan had warrior, Hogan had macho, Hogan had Andre. You gotta have people. You can't just have one. You gotta have other names to reach that elevation, to reach that level, to, to hit that iconic level of iconic status in professional wrestling. Right now, Roman Reigns is the only one I think that can do it. I don't see anyone in AEW being able to pull it off. And other than that, you got to have other people. So realistically, I want to say no, but Roman's the closest one. Gentlemen, do either of you have a rebuttal? No? I It's so early. Um, and I know, I know I'm going to get flack for this i already i already know it but i believe if if played absolutely right the guy is so fresh into his career like so new i think i think wardlow has a huge ceiling but all cards have to like all the pieces have to fall in the right place starting with ditching wardlow wardlow's world getting rid of that shit but i think i think that dude has a high ceiling but once again you know it's so early and I'm just going to be called a shale for that opinion, but that's what I think. I got, I got one, um, but it has to happen in WWE because you need that machine behind you to become the rock or Austin. It's not going to happen in AEW and, and nothing against them. It's just, you need that giant machine. I'm gonna, this is a long shot, but I like Ricky Starks, man. <laughs> I like yeah. that guy. I like that promo that he did. I've liked him since NWA. I, I think he's even got kind of a look like The Rock almost, right? You know, smaller, obviously, but he is unreal on that mic. He can go in the ring. I don't know. That guy has got a ton of potential, and I, I'd love to see WWE get their hands on him and see what would happen. No, BC, I, I agree with you. I think I think having, like, you do have a higher ceiling if if WWE is behind you. They're just way more mainstream than AEW. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Yeah. They, there, there's your, your chances of success, I think do go up like for mainstream success. So I I agree with you on that. All right, Mr. BC Hunter, you're up next. How do you completely avoid the Montreal screw job to where both sides get what they wanted? Brett dropping the title the night Vince wanted him to in Montreal and Brett still having a chance to, to walk around walk out a victorious like a, a a safe champion uh i don't know if you can do but i honestly i don't think that brett was going to ever screw over vince in that way and walk away the title what they i've heard it said before what they were worried about was eric bischoff saying on tv that i have the wwe or wwf champion signed to wcw at this point so i don't know if there's ever going to be a way that you can have that I think the only thing you can do is you take uh, you have Taker uh, replace Sean in that match in Montreal, have him take the title off of Brett, 
and Brett just goes out in a classic match with him, or Stone Cold. That's the other guy that that I would have I would have put in there to uh, to take the title off because Brett would have felt really good about putting the title on him. But uh, there's no way he can that Vince is going to let him have that title the next night, only because not because he tr- doesn't trust Brett, because he doesn't trust Bischoff in that situation. Mr. Walker, Mr. Tyson, do either of you have a anything you'd like to throw in on how you would have handled Montreal? So, while I agree with BC, I wouldn't have taken Sean out of the match. What I would have done was, if I was in Vince McMahon's shoes, I would have, in Brett's documentary, he said, you know, this is like my hometown. Let me win here tonight. I'll drop the title on Raw the next day. I would have quickly redrawn up a contract at Vince, Sean, Earl, and Brett signed this contract that that would be exactly what happens. If Brett doesn't go along with it, if Brett breaks the contract, Brett gets sued for money he doesn't have and will would never have type deal for an astronomical amount of money i would sue him type deal if i was if i was vince that way there i know brett is very serious but just like bc said i don't think brett would have screwed over vince in that capacity brett seemed to be very loyal and when you hear him talk about wcw now uh he was he wasn't happy the entire time he was there it sounds like so that's what i would have done drawn up a contract that way there you don't have to worry about the implications of Brett taking the title with him type deal. Brett wins in Montreal. He drops a title to Sean the next day. And then he goes out nice and peacefully. And maybe the relationship with Vince would have been a thousand times different than what happened. Mr. Tyson, you have anything to add? Nah, this one's outside my realm. Fair enough. Well, you get the uh, the closing one for round three, sir. Sean Waltman's jump to WWE versus Bret Hart's jump to WCW. Which do you think had the biggest impact on ratings and ending the Monday Night War? Sean Waltman. Um, unfortunately, Bret, between... Now, you're, you're also referencing a time and period that I'm not fully engrossed in, but from from what i recall brett was never fully utilized in wcw um he does have that really awesome video of of wearing like a, a like a steel plate and and making like goldberg eat that like take that spear to the head i do love that still to this day um but other than that brett never reached his potential from what i gather in wcw never never reached the heights that we all kind of hold him at while sean waltman went on to be a staple in one of the largest and most uh, prolific factions in all of professional wrestling history in, in DX. Um, so I think given not so much their individual accomplishments, but what they were a, a part of on the larger scale, I feel like Sean Waltman kind of got the better end of the deal. Um, not to mention, I don't, I hope it's not in bad taste, but like, you know, Brett went over there and and like got retired by Goldberg, while Sean Waltman went on to like, you know, raid WCW and have so many cool moments. 
Uh, granted, he had to wear blackface at one point, and that's going to take away a lot of points. But I still think, like, when you weigh out, like, what they were a part of when they jumped ship, um, yeah, Sean Waltman got the better end of the deal. By the way, you did say Sean Waltman jumping to WWF, right? Yeah, when he left WCW and went back oh, to WWE. Thank yeah. Fucking God, I didn't just go on a tangent on the wrong subject. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that's that's just my take. That's just my take right there. Uh, the, everybody in the chat says they're still trying to figure out the rules. And I chimed in and said, I absolutely am as well for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't do variety shows. This is just for fun um uh, i'm having fun will by the way i i am having fun man i, I like i'm glad you had me on tonight <laughs> uh mr walker bc do you guys have anything to throw in on the sean waltman to wwf bret hart to wcw uh argument he hit it kyle hit it spot on yeah. what wcw should have done is they they waited on bringing bret hart in they should have brought him in the next night after everything that happened after the Montreal screw job. Because if you notice, Sean Waltman, I, I believe, came in like basically like right away from WCW. And you listen to his first promo, he's ripping WCW apart. He's ripping Eric Bischoff apart. That's the promo that Sean Waltman gave. We should have got out of Bret Hart on WCW Nitro the next night talking shit about Vince McMahon, WWF, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and that whole bullshit. But we didn't get that because WCW waited, and that was the beginning of the fucking op with Bret Hart and WCW. Completely agree. I, I think, I also, yeah, they definitely didn't pull the trigger quick enough. But what were you saying? I'm sorry. I also want to add for the fans that were actually at WCW Nitro the night that Bret Hart gave his 15-minute uh, heartfelt speech about his brother Owen after Owen passed. Fuck you. Fuck you for booing. All right, this is a, a good one, and I'm just throwing this out there just to see if you guys want to chew on it for a second. Is Brett's career-ending injury by Goldberg a good justification for why wrestlers should come up from the indies with proper training instead of just recruiting athletes and throwing them through a PC? 100%. So, uh. The only thing I'm going to say is WWE just had like a recent tryout, and there wasn't many actual like pro wrestlers involved dwight howard and, showed up to that right yeah and from reports they had a people had a bunch of injuries concussions and things like that that's why i'm not a fan of this like new program with the doing recruiting college athletes the next the in line that, program yeah the rejects that the nfl and nba aren't going to take anyway type deal i had a just to do a it's a very lee walker type plug my show last weekly i hate to cut you off uh i had two indie wrestlers pj savage and jay bougie from the upper new york area and they both said the same thing it was like they were taught and preached to get out there get experience get exposure and then wwe the same company that was saying that turns around and makes the next in line program and now they're recruiting college athletes straight out of college versus these guys that have been you know cutting their teeth on the indies for the last 10 year and pj savage said it was kind of a smack in the face for him because he's been working so hard and now wwe is like okay maybe this is what we want instead now um so just uh, thinking about your guys's opinions on that to me, it strikes me as WWE behind the scenes is not unified in who they view like their talent pool should be drawn from. I feel like they, there's a lot of confusion backstage where they think 
the next generation of wrestlers are going to come from. And I feel like that's just kind of the signs of it, you know? Um, but I also think, I think WWE also has that habit of being short-sighted. I know it's kind of like a weak comparison, but I mean, this is also the same company that, you know, decided um, they didn't want wrestling on commercials anymore. So everything became a two out of three falls. They rocked that for, you know, a month or two, and then they drop it. I feel like it's, I feel like it's just like a, a short-sighted program that probably won't be around for too long. All right, I'm going to disagree on on the point because <laughs> rumor has it the power plant that Goldberg came through was was not a great uh, training facility, right? Um, you can have a guy on the Indies for ten years and he wrestles ten matches, and they're all with shitty opponents who he doesn't actually learn anything from. Learn how to be a wrestler, learn how to be safe. He can have a shitty trainer that doesn't know how to train him either, only taking the money. Whereas you can put somebody through a PC uh, that's run by WWE that has world-class trainers. Is the difference is, is you're not putting them out there too fast. And that's what happened with Goldberg. They put him out way too fast. They, they taught him the basics. He wasn't somebody who knew anything about wrestling. He wasn't a fan. Uh, they just were looking for something for a ratings hike. And they put him out there too fast. And then he never gained any more skill while he was doing it either. That's the other thing. He wasn't learning from the guys that he was wrestling with. So... I think it's it just comes down to the trainers that you're with. That's that's to me. I, I I think sometimes the indie life gets overblown. We're not talking the '80s when guys are wrestling 365 nights a year. Yeah, you're going to get pretty good doing that, but you can have guys that have one match a month, basically. I also think it comes down to the individual. I I don't disagree with you, BC, but I think it also comes down to the dis uh, the individual with how professional they take they they take themselves and everything too but uh but yeah i can see where you're coming from all right chat this is your chance to chime in cast your vote for who you think gets the th the point for round three uh that was kind of cool some of those questions were uh kind of fun i liked the uh the waltman because you don't think sean waltman and bret hart being together really in a lot of ways but when you think about those two guys jumping the companies when they did like it was a very crucial point so that was a good question um i also liked allison's question about goldberg coming through the power plant like i think that says a lot about the training process and injuries happen i mean you look at what happened to Big E; it was a fluke injury by somebody who came up through you know a a performance center style thing so I think that it's it could be a fluke accident, and I think it's that's how it should be approached. But uh, it does raise the question, do these places give you enough training before they cut you loose? One vote for Lee coming out of round three. Hey, listen, I will say this. When it comes to Bret Hart and Sean Waltman, everyone's kind of like two names you don't think to put together. But go on YouTube, look up Bret Hart versus One Two Three Kid Monday Night Raw. You will see one of the best wrestling matches you've ever seen. Yeah, Can hands you. down. Sean Waltman admitted it was his best wrestling match of his career. All right, guys, I'm gonna give it five more seconds. Ooh, there's a one in, one for Lee, one for Kyle. Anybody else gonna chime in? Five, four, three, fuck it. Okay, one for Lee, one for Kyle at the end of round three. BC Hunter, I am sorry, but it looks like I'm going to, to award one point there and one point there, which will put them at a tie. 
if I can get my, my little thing to work right, I'm learning how to do this. On the, this is my first day on the job, ladies and gentlemen. Boom, there they go. <laughs> um, you should do predictions so people can vote. It'll be more interactive. Predictions. And another for Lee. Um, so that was two for Lee, one for Kyle. But with Kyle and BC being in a tie, it still kind of gave me what I needed to unintentionally. So BC Hunter, the good news is you get to hang out and listen to these guys go back and forth in the final round. And you, sir. Is that good news? Maybe. Chat must be delayed. Um, it is. Yeah, I was about to say, they're, they're probably, you know, when when they're probably like a couple moments behind. They are just a little bit behind. Um, so uh-huh. just trying to give them a few more seconds to come in. But it was a couple for Lee and one for Kyle. Uh, the way the final round is going to work, gentlemen, is I'm going to write down a number right now between 1 and 10. And my hands are up, so you know I won't change it. Lee, you're the guest because Kyle's here, you know, often. So pick a number between 1 and 10. 6. Mr. Tyson? Ten. Seven. Sweet. My number was higher. I win. <laughs> I'm not I'm gonna go closest without going. Allison says six. Uh so I'm going to say Lee, you get first pick. Do you want to go first or second? go first all right do you want topic one or topic two uh two topic two (laughs) topic two stands as vince mcmahon just retired from the world of professional wrestling in his 70s. He's been the owner and majority shareholder for WWE since he bought it from his dad. He's given us so much in the world of professional wrestling. Do you think Mr. McMahon, given the opportunity, should go straight into the Hall of Fame and bypass the rest of the rules as everybody else? Has he done enough to immediately go into the Hall of Fame? If it wasn't for Vince McMahon, number one, there'd be no wwe there'd be no wwe hall of fame there'd be nothing that we would have from the monday night wars to wrestlemania 3 where we have one of the greatest professional wrestling matches of all time macho man versus ricky the dragon steamboat or the fact that we wouldn't have that iconic body slam from hulk hogan to andre the giant would we see the Dwayne Rock Johnson be one of the num- the number one movie star in all of America right now? Absolutely not, because without the WWE, there's no Dwayne the Rock Johnson. There's no Stone Cold. Would professional wrestling be at the pinnacle that it is today to which we see it without Vince McMahon? The answer is no. So should he bypass everything and go straight to the Hall of Fame? My answer is a straight, simple yes. Now, I'm going to get a lot of criticism based on the allegations and everything like that. However, without Vince McMahon, everything we're talking about right now, this very show that we're doing right now would not be going on if we didn't have Vince McMahon to talk about, to think about, to have the WWF, the WWE, to take it from Worldwide Wrestling Federation, Vince McMahon Sr., a basically territorial company that 
wasn't really outshining the rest of its competition with NWA because NWA had territories all over America where he was just based out of a tri-state area. Vince McMahon Jr. had a vision for his father's company that was greater and bigger than what his father ever imagined. And if it wasn't for Vince, everything that we see that my bar, anything I do, our lives would all be different, by the way, if it wasn't for Vince McMahon. So does he get the the, the opportunity to bypass everybody and bypass the whole kibit and caboodle on how to get voted in and this and that? Absolutely. The man started it all. The man took his dad's vision and made it a thousand times bigger, made it a million times more profitable. He gave us something to look forward to on Monday nights, on Thursday nights, when it, when SmackDown was on Thursday, on Friday nights, pay-per-views. The man might have had his not-so-good times or not have been a good person at times, but if it wasn't for what Vince did, none of it's possible. Everybody's lives who watch professional wrestling would be different if there was no Vince McMahon Jr. I mean, that's that's as simple as it comes. Mr. Kyson, do you have anything to add? Yes, I do, actually. What a load of horseshit. Let me let me in, hold on and I'll make I'll make sense of that, Lee. It's not an insult at you, my friend. <laughs> let me let me make sense of let me answer this question with a question. If I go grab my car keys, have I done enough to solidify my opportunity to go get in my car and drive it? Yes, it's my fucking car. It's his company. He can go in based off of the fact it's his goddamn company. Just like Jeff Jarrett's dad can put the belt on himself because it's his damn company. You don't need any more reason other than that. You know, it's his shit, man. At the end of the day, who are we going to tell Vince? No, you can't put yourself in your own damn company. It's his toy box. We all know this. Yeah, go in for that alone. We don't need to to justify it with all these other reasons. It's his shit. So that's, that's my answer to that. Lee, I love you though, bro. It's a sick jacket. <laughs> so you, you kind of the same answer but in a very different about way to get there <laughs> yeah like we don't need to go through all the accolades it's does this man own this hall of fame he does does he have the keys to the metaphorical building he does he can get in you know i bet vince is the kind of guy that doesn't even have a key to his own house well yeah uh, yeah i I, yeah. I bet i bet that too i I just see that being the the way it is. I see him being the kind of guy who doesn't have a key to his own house. He would be like Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight Rises when he loses everything and he shows up and he's got to break into Wayne Manor. That's what McMahon had to do last week when he retired. He got back home to McMahon Manor and had to break into his own house. That's what happened. Damn right he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He built that Hall of Fame. Right, Kyle? It's his, it's his <laughs> garage, man. Like The man can just go walk in it. I'm in it. You know, like, we don't need to complicate it and list all of the stuff that deranged, weird old man did. And just, it's his. Hey, listen, I, I I had to, like, make it long to sound good. You did. You <laughs> sounded, you did. You, you sounded you did. You very politically. That was very well done. <laughs> you definitely win the award had... for being the most well-spoken tonight. That's for sure. I thought that was the point. I had to make it sound good. Oh, you definitely sounded good. Um, <laughs> Kyle, that means you're up. Um, oh, God. Oh, your, God. Your topic, 
I feel really, I feel like I need to change your topic. I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to let you honestly tell me if you feel like you want to roll with it or not, because I'm, I honestly wrote this well, one for Lee, but he yeah, took I the know, other one. Right? <laughs> what horse shit was that? Like, cause yours, I picked that one for you cause I thought you would be able to rattle off. But the topic number one is if Paul Heyman had solidified better TV deals and pay-per-view buyouts, would ECW still be relevant in 2022? Great. Ask me about it. <laughs> fucking wrestling promotion i never watched a single episode of and now you know why i picked what i picked because <laughs> lee read the notes before i sent them out the the answer is no let's the answer is no they they ecw because it was it became what it became it could not do one or the other. It either had to fail while honoring its hardcore fan base and in providing the content that it was providing, or it would have to completely change its identity and alienate all of its existing fans and become like any other wishwashy like wrestling program. Now, granted, I am not the smartest man when it comes to like what like promotions were going on in the nineties. I, you know, I'm honestly just not the smartest man in general, but I would, I would think that, you know, it just wouldn't, I think if it was going to be something, it would probably be similar to like what we get with GCW or CZW, which it's still at the end of the day is just going to be a, a popular indie promotion. Um, that's the best you're going to get out of me with that question. Do you think the best ECW could be would be uh, a top indie promotion? Do you think it would be GCW what it is today? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because if I understand ECW correctly, besides all the controversial like death matches and hardcore matches they did, they were also home to some of the best cruiserweights um, in in America. Unless unless I've gotten my my facts wrong, but I know that we had the likes of like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit all touched down there um if i like i said if the youtube videos i watch are telling me the truth so and i feel like i think that's kind of like what gcw is now is there's a lot of good indie wrestlers there and then also like like some serious death matches and, and crazy shit also so that's like i said i'm talking out my ass about a subject i barely know anything about but but you my friend <laughs> highly successful yeah, was, that? you were highly successful. That was the very Will Gray approach. You didn't really know where you were going to end up, but you sure did talk your way through it. Yeah. Welcome to my life, it. Kyle. That's, that's about <laughs> as good as I'm going to get it for this one. Mr. Walker, do you have a rebuttal for the ECW conversation? I hope so. <laughs> I'm not going to rebuttal it. I could, but I'm not. I think I think I think I did good answering my question. Oh, he's going with the standpoint he doesn't have to say anything else to get the dub, Kai. It's, That's it's, what Lee is saying. It's not, Bullshit, it's not that because Alex is voting for Kyle based off of uh, my question. So I'm just to clarify, people are voting on who answered their own question, right? Like, well, that's well, what we're going off. Well, we're gonna, <laughs> I'm trying to steal your sign, man. <laughs> we're going to tally the votes in the chat, and they get one. They get a point, and then BC Hunter gets a point, and that's going to decide who the winner is. And if there's yeah, a tie, see. then it goes to me. So, chat, start getting your stuff in line. Let's see. Let's tally up some votes and see who uh, who gets your vote. 
Uh, I'm going to wait, Mr. BC Hunter. You got to hang on the line for just a second because I want to see who the chat votes because it'll be really anticlimactic if you're both just like, you know, so-and-so wins. That's it. And I'm like, well, fuck, episode's over. Like, <laughs> no suspense. <laughs> uh, Alex is saying he knows that that was just a comment for that topic. He's saying that, Kyle, I think he's saying you won the argument on the, the Vince argument. Like you would have won with your rebuttal. Cool, then give me the point. That's not how this works. You stole the point. No, it works by whoever they vote for. Just vote for me based off of that. You know what I mean? Just say Kyle in the chat and I get a point. Okay, well, I haven't got any votes yet. So chat, roll it in. Let's see. You ain't got to say why you said my name. (laughs) Say my name, say my name. (laughs) Thank you. you. We're going to get a Twitch violation for uh, singing Destiny's Child. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Copyright infringement or whatever. That'd, that'd be whack. Uh, Lee wins simply on the fact that Kyle had a perfect argument. <laughs> uh, Allison says, Kyle, damn it, because he was able to make a good point with little knowledge. They're both so uh, damn good. If he, yes. if he had just listened to Will's show, he would have already heard my answer for the question. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Matt talked about that ECW thing like a week ago when he was on the show and I thought about it and I was like, I'm curious to hear somebody else's take. <laughs> I want I want to speak to Alex. Alex, man, remember who came on the show with you and helped you stand up to that <laughs> jerk that that is always talking trash to you and Lee. Just remember, I was there for you, buddy. Well, ladies and gentlemen. So since, this, so since we're not doing a rebuttal thing now, that's all over with, I'll, I'll give what my, my answer for the ECW part. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Chat, get those votes in. Lee, go. ECW could have could have survived. I mean, during that time, also there were all sorts of crazy wrestling with the Japanese death matches and stuff like that. The problem was ECW for what they were for Americanized wrestling were essentially ahead of their time. You know, we saw WWF do hardcore matches, but they were like nothing like ECW had. We saw WCW do the same thing. Once they had seen what ECW was becoming and realized, oh, we kind of need that too. So if ECW could have like survived, you know, and, and stuck to the wrestling that they were doing, the problem is the deal with TNN folded because TNN wanted WWF. They used ECW to get to WWE great ploy tactic on TNN, but Paul Heyman also knew that he had a contract with TNN. He couldn't do anything to get out of it until it was over. And that was like the demise of the company that, you know, that's where they started losing money and everything like that. But ECW was always popular. No matter what, there was always people watching. If it couldn't have survived, we wouldn't be talking about it to this day. So if he could have found another TV deal, maybe stuck with local television for a while did the traveling with the wrestlers because let's be honest a lot of great talent came from ecw it could have survived it would have been a hard road but he would have survived i think ecw still would have been around today i don't know at what capacity i feel like it'd be like uh maybe it'd be bigger than what it is maybe we wouldn't have gotten tna you know who knows but I think they would have survived. I think there would have been a struggle. I mean, we still talk about it. WWE ran reunion shows 2005, 2006, you know, rebranded the company in 08. It sucked, but it was a lot different. I still think it would have happened if, at the end of the day. 
They would have survived. Kyle's back. He dropped yeah, out of nowhere. I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, you made some good points. I think they could have stuck around for a little bit, but I, I don't think they would have. I don't think they could have been one of the top promotions. I think both of you made viable points. Um, looking at the chat, uh, we've got two for Lee, one for Kai. So Lee, you're gonna get the the chat's vote. BC Hunter, that means it's on you, sir. How BC. did the round four? How did it go? All right. Who, so uh, this is who made you one. that wrestling with the truth little hype video? <laughs> you know. This is a tough one because I want to punish both of them. One Lee for taking the softball uh, <laughs> on this one, <laughs> and uh, Kyle for not walk, bothering to watch wrestling prior to two thousand. So uh, you know this is a this is a tough one. But there was a right answer to that McMahon thing, and it was Vince McMahon would would never accept the nomination to the Hall of Fame. He does not like the attention to be on him. Kyle somehow managed to, in a deranged fashion, pull an answer that was pretty good out of his ass. So I'm going to give Kyle a point on this one. Oh, fuck yeah, BC. And put it in your hands, Will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The chat is screaming that Kyle should have gotten more votes than Lee anyways. Uh, No, it's tied at two each. They're still going back and forth about who got it. Um, Well... I'm gonna argue. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask each one of you a quick question, okay? And I want you guys to answer this question for me honestly, as truthfully as you possibly can. And the answer to this question is going to decide who wins this debate. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> Fucking asshole! <laughs> no, no, because a sandwich has two slices of bread, and a hot dog's only in one. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to announce that Mr. B.C. Hunter is the winner of the State of the Union wrestling. Deb- <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to cast my vote in all seriousness. Um, I have to agree, man. I thought Lee had it until the very end, but I think I'm going to have to agree with B.C. and give it to Kai because he's absolutely right. Like, I think yeah. that Vince is bigger than the sport. And I think that's kind of what Kai was coming at. Like. I think both of you had good points. Both of you said the same thing. Like you both had the same way about it. But I think Kyle's point of it being bigger than that and Vince not needing it, he could just be like, I'm in now. You know, I think that kind of gets the better grasp of it. Um, I can see the comments now. Like, big shocker, the guy who signs the paychecks wins the competition. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) That being said, Kyle, you know what that means you win? What's that about? That means you get to lead the plugs off. You get to go first. Plug your stuff. Tell everybody where to find you and what you got going on. The Mister, the master debater. Listen, you guys, <laughs> I love y'all. I drank a gallon of water while we were doing this show. I finished it. I don't have time to plug anything. Just follow me on Twitter at the Kai Tai Show. I love all the support y'all gave me in the chat. I'll be back. <laughs> Mr. Lee Walker, plug your stuff, my friend. You can find me anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Red Circle, Podbean, Podbay. It is perched on the top rope. And for all those countries I am in in the top 250 and chartable, thank you. I also jumped up 113 spots today, ranked at 128 on chartable in the United States. Thank you. Uh, you can also find us on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope, where you can see hilarious 
uh, Celine Dion uh, memes and videos from my heart will go on Selena scenes using the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. And if that doesn't tickle your fancy, go to the TikTok anyway and find the video of Kevin Sullivan. Yes. The taskmaster Kevin Sullivan from WCW getting humped by a dog. It's on my TikTok, perched on the top rope. You can also find me on Twitter at perch top rope. You can find me on Facebook where I'm inching to that 10,000th like it is facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. I plugged a bunch of interviews earlier Ultimo Dragon, Booker T, Road Warrior Animal. A bunch of them are on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. And remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. BC Hunter, you're up. You can find Wrestling With The Truth anywhere you get your podcasts, your favorite apps, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. Buzzsprout, that's where we're hosted from. Um as far as uh, our social media, you can find us on Twitter at WWTT Pod or myself at BC Hunter WWTT. You can find us on Instagram at WWTT Pod. We have a Facebook page for Wrestling with the Truth, and we have a YouTube page as well. And I just like to point out our YouTube page. We are now at 98 subscribers, so we are two away from that magic 100 mark. So if two people from tonight's show can subscribe that would be fan fantastic but yeah check us out for all kinds of content myself and the nightmare jay myers like to talk wrestling and we have a little fun with it kyle you're back anything you want to add that felt amazing you should have pulled a streamer this was the perfect opportunity for you to piss your on my see yourself on my show dude no because like if i stand up like it was streamer you know Oh, where yeah, his he's... camera is, it's still above waist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the stream will get shut down. Oh man, no, you guys, are awesome man. No, seriously, like, thank you. Well, make sure you follow RN Mister eighty eighty nine eighty four. Is that right, Kyle? Eighty nine eighty four. Eighty nine eighty four on Twitter. Allison is at just a girl nine eighteen nine eighteen. Myself at the Kai Tai Show, and of course the Twitter, uh, our show's page is at Smackdown Pod, um, which both Allison and I um, moderate now together, like co-mod this this stuff. Uh, get in on the Thirst Trap uh, Thursday tweets that we're doing. That is some of the funnest stuff that Allison does, man. When she just photoshops our faces on like random factions, it's awesome. We want to see your guys's um, silly thirst traps. Please don't send us dick pics. We just want to see your faces like photoshopped on other wrestlers. Like that's, that's really all it is. Please send that to us. Be a lot of fun. I swear to God. Um, let's all have fun together on fucking Twitter. Our group thread's going to get real weird. If we all start sending a bunch of photoshopped, uh, like (laughs) thirst traps to each other, it's going to be a unique one. All right, gentlemen, I fucked up the intro. Let's see if I can make it through the outro without looking like an idiot. You ready? Now, as we close another episode of Watch Pods and Chair Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. Remind you to go wherever you do anything on the internet. Facebook, Instagram, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Literally, you have all the options. Remember to like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling me how great I am or how terrible I sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm and it helps find new listeners. If you're feeling really generous and be one of the VIP people, head over to Patreon.com and donate to the Smack Draw Podcast Network. You get some fantastic swag. We get some cool guests. It's a win-win for... BC Hunter with Wrestling with the Truth, Lee Walker perched on the top rope, the Kai Tai Show from Smack Draw Podcast. I am the Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. 
Five spots and share like. shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Five Spots and Share Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Five Spots and Share Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover. Takeover all day. And Five Spots and Share Shots. Check. Savage!